Welcome to Partnered in Purpose. In all situations, you have to put your marriage and your family first. Learn firsthand from power couples who've built healthy relationships and successful businesses. The choices that you make every day don't just affect you, they affect everyone around you. Utilize proven techniques and strategies to help your relationship thrive in business and marriage. It's never going to be backwards when you're with the right person. This is Partnered in Purpose with Ryan and Alicia Gilliam. Hello, family. Welcome back to another episode of Partnered in Purpose, where we help entrepreneur couples thrive and love and business. I am Alicia. Hey, guys. I'm Ryan. And today we're going to be discussing perseverance through adversity. That's the topic for today's show. And as you know, being an entrepreneur couple, um, especially in this day and age, you're likely to encounter a lot of adversity. So we wanted to tackle this topic um, to kind of give everybody some tips on how to persevere when times get hard. Yeah, and we lined up a great couple today that's going to come and just, you know, drop gems on us. Basically, Carlos and Lauren Diaz have been small business owners and married and thriving and loving business now for over 15 years. So, you know, they got some stripes. You know what right. I'm saying? They they paid the dues. They paid the cost to be the boss. Absolutely. So we're, I'm excited about them getting on the show today and just helping us all. Alicia, we've been doing this now for a little over 10 years, mm-hmm. and I think we've learned some things, but you know, you could always learn more. So how are you feeling today? What's your one-word check-in? Oh, my one-word check-in? It's a good question. My one-word check-in is going to be just optimistic. I'm optimistic right now what's going to happen in the economy. I'm optimistic that what's going to happen uh, here for us personally right now. Mm-hmm. There's so much that's up in the air right now with, I don't care if you're talking about the election or if you're talking about um, like the stimulus, you know, thing for small business going on um, from, from a political standpoint, even in, you know, we've got, you know, Alicia, you know, we've got a couple of deals. Right. Hint, hint. We've got a couple of deals going on right now. Mm-hmm. A couple of things in business that are really big, uh, potentially for our family. And so I'm just optimistic about all of it. You know, I'm just going to take a positive approach. I'm going to, you know, speak life. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. So my one word check in is optimistic, excited about what God's going to do and prepared for what God's going to do. I'm, I'm buying my umbrella. I'm opening it and I'm ready for rain. I love that. That's good. That's good. So um, my one word for this week, I would say, is rejuvenated. Okay. Yeah. Um, So I took some time to do some baking this week. And for those that know me, I I love to bake. That's one thing that I do, um, well, I used to do frequently. Um, And I haven't done it that much, um, especially with the pandemic and just life has been a little hectic. So I haven't baked in quite some time. But um, I baked this week for a couple of our family members and for their birthdays. And, you know, I was baking, had my music going, and it just reminded me of... um, of the joy that I get out of baking and um, it kind of fueled me a little bit and it it served more as self-care. I did it, you know, to serve other people, but um, in the process, I felt um, a little spark. I felt rejuvenated. Um, So that was my self-care for last week. You know, what's funny about that, guys, you guys don't realize how serious she takes baking. (laughs) Like uh, I was, I was doing some things. I, I was outside of the house 
getting some work done. And Alicia, I mean, she she has this signature red velvet cake that our family is constantly requesting for each birthday and mm -hmm. different celebration we have. And she does some red velvet cupcakes. She does a lot of different things, but she attempted to do red velvet cookies. Yeah, that was new. St well, I think I think it was like stuffed. Yeah, they had the cream cheese filling in the inside. Cream cheese filling in the inside mm -hmm. on real velvet cupcakes. Well, cookies. but what, cookies. Well, okay, so watch this. When I left the house to go to do some work stuff, you know, she was a little down thinking like these these cookies had defeated her. True. You know, and then when I got a text about two or three hours later, it was like, nah, I, I beat these, cook these oh, cookies. Yeah. I beat them down <laughs> and I handled it. And I couldn't I was, let him win. I had to I had to win. All right. All right. Well, I'm just glad it worked out. It was it was cool to see you see you bouncing around the kitchen. It's always good to see somebody in the element. And I definitely like to see you win, girl. Thank you. I appreciate it. As you know, each week for the Better Together segment, we bring you a little bit of inspiration to kind of help us all grow better together. And this week, I'm coming to you with a quote from Jasmine Starr. Miss Jasmine says, overwhelm is the abundance of the things I ask for. Now, when I heard this quote, um, probably several months ago, it really resonated with me because at the time I was dealing with a lot of overwhelm. And depending on what you're going through in life, um, overwhelm is, is a natural a natural thing. Because when you think about overwhelmed, you know, depending on what's going on in your life, um, it can be it can be very consuming. It can kind of take over and a lot of times when we're overwhelmed, it makes us want to stop what we're doing it, it paralyzes us it can do a lot of different things but when we think about overwhelm from this perspective abundance of the things i asked for it's it kind of forces you to change your perspective it forces you to put on a different set of lenses and to see whatever situation whatever you're going through from a perspective of gratitude so if we take motherhood for example motherhood can be stressful it could you know it's let's face it we we deal with a lot as moms um especially moms that are in business you know you're married you have a lot on your plate but when i think about it as abundance of the things i asked for i can't help but be grateful i can't help but be grateful yes i'm in quarantine i'm homeschooling my kids i'm i'm trying to work i'm doing all of these things but I am grateful for the blessings that I have. I'm grateful for these three children. I'm grateful for my husband. I'm grateful that I'm able to work and still be able to, um, to take care of my children and homeschool my children. So I can't help but to be thankful. So it, it immediately makes us change our perspective. So I wanna challenge you this week to think about if you're overwhelmed, think about it from this perspective, abundance of the things I asked for. Take inventory of what's good in your life. Take inventory of what, what's right in your life and focus on those things. All right, family, let's continue to live, love, and grow better together. That's, that's amazing to me, Lee, because perception is reality. Right. And if we look at something from the glass being half empty, we're already behind. Mm -hmm. But if we look at it from the glass being half full, we're already ahead. Right. 
And, you know, how many times do folks tell us, be careful what you pray for? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you're praying for, for, for have the fruits of the spirit, right? You're praying for patience. Uh-huh. And then God gives you all those opportunities. A situation where you have to be patient. <laughs> yeah. I think folks don't always understand and realize that when you step out on a podcast or in ministry or in business and you're in a leadership role where you're trying to encourage trying to uh, put people in a better position. You're always the first partaker. Right. You're the one who's got to live it out. It's easy to give somebody advice, mm-hmm. but it's a much harder to live that advice out. Yes. And when you're talking about, hey, man, I feel a little overwhelmed right now, mm-hmm. but I'm trying to change my thought process. Uh, I've heard my pastor, our pastor say mm-hmm. quite often, a life change is impossible without a mind change. Right. Yes, and that. so so we really got to have a different mind change, a different mindset about the things and uh, the people in our lives. Mm-hmm. If we think of them as a burden, if we think of our opportunities as a burden, mm-hmm. we'll never enjoy them. We'll never even enjoy what God has blessed us with. Right. But if we view those things as an opportunity or as blessings, look how much our better our life can be. Mm-hmm. So I, I appreciate you, girl. You, I think you was. I think that one was for me. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm gonna receive it. I'm gonna take it. You know, adversity can do a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Right. Yeah. You know, but they told Beethoven, for example, that he was deaf, but he didn't listen. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Throw a dad joke in there. Yeah, I got it. You know, we gotta laugh. <laughs> Laughter good for the soul. That's true. Laughter good for the soul. That's true. All right, family, let's get into this interview. Before we do so, let me tell you a little bit about the power couple that we have on the podcast today. As Ryan said, we have Carlos Diaz Jr. and his lovely wife, Lauren, of Diaz Wealth and MVP Wealth. Carlos is a personal finance expert and financial advisor. And as Ryan has said, they've been in business for over 15 years. So, We are excited to be able to discuss with them kind of how they've overcome some of the hurdles and adversity they've experienced in their business. So that's what this interview is about. So we're really excited to have them. Yeah, I'm excited. Anytime we can learn from another couple, once again, that are married, all right, and thriving and loving business Mm -hmm. together. I want to hear their story. I want to hear their passions. I want to see where they've been and where they're trying to go. I'm excited. Are you ready to drop this interview? Let's drop it. All right, here we go. And we're here today with Lauren and Carlos. How are you guys doing? Good. How are you? Doing great. How are you? Uh, Awesome, man. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. We really appreciate you guys hopping on with us. We just want to learn everything we can about you guys. You guys have been in business now for, what, 15 years? Coming up, yes. Oh man, that's phenomenal. And being married and business partners is not easy. So we want to gleam as much as we can from you guys tonight. We really just want to learn all those life lessons and, uh, you know, trial and error kind of deals you guys have gotten along the way and see if we can help not just folks listening, but Alicia and I as well. Absolutely. Sounds great. Well, thank you so much for having us. Yes, we appreciate thank you. it. Carlos, you were already a business owner prior to you guys getting married, and then you guys got married and obviously went in business together. What was that transition like from going to work by yourself every day to then now going to work with your spouse? Was that an easy transition? How did that work out? To me, to me, it's always been a really easy transition. I always wanted to work with her. In fact, I when I came on board into the business, I brought her with me 
essentially, because I wanted to do something with her. Just up until that time, I didn't know what it would be. And then when it came along, I said, you know, this would be a really something that would be great because it fits your demeanor and uh, certain aspects will probably gel more to you. And then other things will gel to me. And that's the way I saw it. But to me, it was a very it was a very smooth transition. Now, obviously, we've gone through our bumps, you know, during the years. But uh, that's just that's just life. Yeah, I think we I think we all have definitely done that. So for Alicia and I, we've always delegated responsibilities like you. This is your side of the house. This is my side of the house, that kind of deal. How, how do you guys handle that? How do you guys handle avoiding bumping heads? Um, we're the exact same way. So I'm more of your front end where I would maybe initially meet the clients, do the phone calls, uh, do like an initial consultation over the phone or sometimes in person, but Carlos really is the brunt of the knowledge and the background and meeting with clients one-on-one, giving them the information. I would consider myself more of like a secretarial role, um, doing mediocre kind of things because I'm, I'm, we're also parents. We have three children that range from four all the way to almost 13. So that takes up a lot of my time. I'm very involved with my kids' school. I'm the PTA president at, at my son's middle school. So I like to be able to be free and come into the business, you know, when it's necessary, but not be so engaged that I have to like strap myself to it. I can leave and go to the kids' events and do everything during the day or during the evening if they want, you know, sporting events or whatever. And if Carlos needs to stay back and do time with uh, the office, then he can. So we've really done well in separating where our strong suits are. I'm um, more of, like I said, a people pleaser in the fact of like meeting people, like getting to know them, being very personable. Not to say that Carlos is not, but he can be a little bit more analytical. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, like knowledge, facts, key terms and things like that. He's super good at retaining. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's kind of like in one ear out the other. Like, <laughs> Welcome but to I, would, I would also say that she has a lot of qualities that we still haven't, that we still haven't honed in on yet. Yeah. And that's just time in my opinion, because the kids, when they get older, then we'll have a little bit more time, but there's definitely a lot of qualities for her that she brings to the table that we just haven't been able to integrate in yeah. part of the business. Okay. But I see where we can do it down the road. And yeah. I know that she's going to be a real crucial part of it. She may not see it, but I, I know where she fits in. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think I use my kids as like an escape goat or like <laughs> a crutch. <laughs> like I don't really necessarily want to go out and get further licenses. Carlos has been telling me for years, I want you to go get licensed in this. I want you to do that. I want you. And I'm just like, no, 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 no. I don't have time for this right now. I don't care. I'm, you know, not now. But he is right. Like eventually down the road, whenever we have children who are more self-sufficient, then it'll be more of me to focus in on like honing in on the craft of the business. You know, God forbid if something were to happen to him, that's been our our biggest thing throughout 15 years is making sure that either of us could survive and keep the business thriving. And, you know, I mean, you 
know that when it's a couple, if you've shared responsibilities, it's one thing, but if you've divided and conquered, like mm. Carlos and I have, if the other person was not available, that would make the load two times as hard because you're going to have to now learn the other person's craft. So for us, we talk about it regularly, probably because we're in financial planning and life insurance is a big part of financial planning. Mm -hmm. So we talk about that all the time. You know, what would the business look like if I was to run it by myself or if Carlos was to run it by himself? Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's for us, it's important to have each other, but it's also important to know both sides. Yeah. You know, I think that's a great point that you bring up because I, a lot of times when we're in business, we're kind of focused on, you know, that day to day and, um, you know, thinking about the future is absolutely important. Um, can you walk us through a little bit of how you guys are taking those steps to plan for the future in case something, God forbid, you know, one of you pass or something happens where someone has to exit out of the business? How can you um, can you give us some tips for maybe other couples that they can do to incorporate that kind of strategic planning in the future? Um, I'll start. Uh, the biggest thing for me, like I said, with Carlos having such an analytical mindset and really being um, honing in on key terms and things, he actually set up an entire cloud system for me on our computer, which has everything from logins of every single website he's ever used um, I have names of contacts with all their information. So if he were to vanish tomorrow, pass away, you know, God forbid, then I can literally go back to work the next day and have everything. Um, one thing that I have always said is, you know, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to that. And so he has walked me through and he says, don't worry, babe. We have a whole uh, folder on our laptop that says business and it's got everything in it. So even if I don't know it right now, I know where to find it. I know where to go, you know, log in and get everything. And if I need help from other business associates, I know who to call. I know who I can contact and go from there. And I mean, I hate to bring up life insurance because it is a product, but I have said for many years and Carlos says this too, that money will either make or break somebody. So if you have life insurance as a fallback, you give yourself a cushion, whether it's a month, six months, a year, whatever, if it's paying off a house, whatever it is, you decide within your relationship. In my opinion, that would be the crucial moment because if Carlos were to pass away for me personally, I don't know if I physically could get up and go to work the next day. Mm -hmm. uh, my, my mother struggled for about three years after my dad died it took a real toll on her and watching her really diminish in life, even though she was getting up and going to work every day, it was really taking a huge mental toll on her. And if you struggle with mental illness, like my mom does, then that adding that pressure of work and bringing in money will definitely change the whole course of your work life. So that for me has been one crucial thing that, you know, I want to make sure that I can go and take time to collect my feelings, let out my grief, do whatever it is for however long it may be. And then I can go back to work and keep it going as if nothing were to happen. But for me personally, I think that it would just be too difficult to try to jump back into to my business 
and have to go and learn a whole new role in the process of grief. Man, that's phenomenal. You guys just gave some really good stuff. You said you got to have a transition plan in place, not just long term, but short term. So short term, that looks like your Google Docs or Microsoft Teams, whatever platform you use, having that information, saving your passwords, saving the website, saving all that key information, clients, contacts, etc. So the other person could pick up. But more importantly, I think the, the life insurance of like, okay, if this was to actually happen, could I go to work? I think that was great, Lauren. That's a that's a really good point. And thanks for bringing that up because I don't know if I could function that way, uh, like you mentioned, um, your parents. So that, that that's a really good one. Can you can you tell us, give us an example of what was kind of the first, I won't say hiccup, but the first kind of roadblock you guys hit, maybe a stumbling block in your business where you were working together that you had to overcome? Um, we were having to juggle the parental time and then also the business time and financially it was hard and we didn't have family members around that could help babysit or take time. I struggled with some postpartum depression. Um, I had a baby who was nonstop nursing and crying and it took a mental toll on me. And I, that's actually one of the only times that I've seen Carlos break down and cry I'll never forget, we were driving back from, I believe it was either an appointment or a doctor's appointment, either something personally or for business. And I was in the back seat with the baby and he was crying uncontrollably. And Carlos, I could see his eyes welling up in the rearview mirror. And I was like, is everything okay? And he's like, I don't know. I don't know if I can do this anymore. I'm just, it's just so much for me right now. And I think that was like the first real big hiccup in our relationship where it was like, we had to make a decision. Are we going to continue and fight through? Or are we going to just throw our hands up and just say, that's it, we're done. We quit, you know, find something new. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it was a real challenge with that. Not, not only that too, but we also live in a very small town or a very small city. So it was very difficult to, to obtain clients. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, get our message out there. And then at this at that time, obviously, internet was still transitioning a lot more yeah. than uh, having you know social media as like a whole new outlet. Gotcha. So our our parameters were really where we were at. You just pretty much put a circle around for maybe twenty miles or who who we could get in touch with. So it was a lot of digging and it was a lot of doing. And um, most people were at least 50 years older than us as well, too. So we had a huge age gap, and that was a big challenge. Uh, someone told Carlos that they had older socks than him. Yeah. So <laughs> that was um, always a hard thing when people would see us. They'd be like, wow, you guys are so young, you're babies, whatever you know, the excuse may be. So that was another challenge of having to go through the age uh yeah. And it sounds like you guys had to make some changes in order to continue to persevere and to conquer that initial roadblock that you mentioned that you went through. Can you tell us a little bit of how you were able to overcome? You know, you guys have been in business for what, 15 years now. So obviously you kept going. What made you, how did you um, continue to push through? And I'm just going to start off. I'll just say that a lot of it, a lot of it is very, is mental. You know, it's, it's a lot of mental head games that you have to really play with yourself because not only through reading, but listening to different things. But at the end of the day is what you tell yourself. 
because you can easily just snap and just be out of it and just be done. And at times I'll just throw my hands up and just say, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to take a, a really quick break from it. But it's just kind of like the last, the last dance, you know, that Jordan mentality. It's like, no, got to get back in there. Got to do it again. You got to do it because if you don't do it, then no one else is going to do it for you. And so, did you want to say uh, Yeah. I think the biggest thing is just your will. You know, how bad do you want something? What, what in your life, you know, is your passion and your drive? And, um, a lot of the financial part of the business that we've dealt with is because there's a passion inside us to teach people, educate people, give them a solution to a problem that they have never seen before. And, and I'll just throw in there that you, you just need a partner that sees this, has and shares the same vision as you do. Because if they don't, then it just, it may work temporarily, but it won't work long term. Can yeah. I say amen to that? Yes, amen. <laughs> amen. Yeah, I mean. It sounds I think like that. Yeah, you're right. The, the biggest thing that I've told other people who have considered getting into business is, you know, you have to look at it. You know, is this a common um, goal that you're working towards or do you both just have, uh, a likeness and a business that you want to just join together and go from there. Cause there are couples who are in business together, but they work separate hours, separate days, separate offices, whatever. And then they only go home together and see each other uh, for a small amount of time. And Carlos and I are not like that. I mean, we see each other pretty much 24 seven, you know, obviously if he's gone for business or whatever, that's different, but we're around each other a whole lot. And for us, it really does work because we are able to confide in each other. If we're having some sort of trouble talking to someone or if we've just had a really bad um, appointment, then we can go and talk to that person and essentially dump our problems on them and they understand it. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people, if they're not in the business, you can't complain to them. So you go and you complain to your work husband or your work <laughs> whatever um and we have each other so we can complain to each other and you know that's that can cause conflict sometimes but ultimately for us it's really worked out and i think it's because we are transparent with each other and we've kept the honesty you know throughout the whole relationship there's i mean you can't hide anything if you're if you're truly in business with someone mm -hmm. so that's what has been really nice for us because I, I think it personally made us closer together. Um, some people think it's disgusting mm -hmm. <laughs> that we are, yeah. are together so much. <laughs> we we, we want to we highlight some of the stuff you guys just said because it was powerful. And the, one of the biggest perks or benefits of being business owners and being married uh, to your business partner is that that communication can bring your relationship even stronger. It talks. You guys talked about how you know you 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 have times to where you really need somebody to be in the fight, in there with you all the way. And who else can do that more than your spouse? Um, so it can strengthen the marriage. It can also, you know, we know over time, you know, bring you guys uh, to some difficult points. But it sounds like you guys are being able to push through that, and that's some really good life lessons on there. Yeah, and I, I really liked how you guys discussed kind of being on one accord with your purpose, essentially, and what you guys are, um, why you're in business together. Um, you know, of course, 
we all want money, right? You know, mm. we need to we need to put food on the table. Mm. Um, but you guys, you're you're chasing a, a bigger purpose, and um, I love how you you mentioned how you both got on the same page regarding that. And I think that's that's hard in business, right? Because even if you're not in business with your spouse, maybe you're in business with another partner, um, sharing the same vision. You know, ideally, that's what you want. But many times that's not the case. You know, we've been coaching some couples and one person has one vision and the other couple, the other individual has a completely different vision. Um, so I think that's really important to make sure that there is one vision for for the business. Lauren and Carlos, you guys are dropping gems. <laughs> we're, playing basketball. we're playing basketball. I'd be like, bucket. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I actually, one of my favorite quotes is by Gabby Douglas. And she talks about how um, the hard days are the best days because that's where champions are made. And if you push through those hard days, you know, you're going to come out on the other side. And I think when it comes to anything in life, doesn't matter if it's schoolwork, education, business, uh, sports, athlete, athletics, whatever it is, it's going to be tough. There are going to be hard things that you are going to come across. You know, how much are you willing to push through and keep going? And if you really can push through and keep going, then it doesn't matter the money and all that stuff. It'll come later, but it's that inner peace that you find and the joy that you find. And, um, you know, really making something out of your own passion is the most important in my opinion over everything. So, so you guys have given us, you know, a lot of, a lot of stuff to think on a lot of, a lot of things we can add to our tool belt tonight, but I just want to highlight the three main goals here. We got, you got to be able to have a plan in place, not just short term, but long term about that transition. You know, you got to have something in place. So where if one spouse wasn't there anymore, the other spouse and the family and the kids would be OK. Next thing, you guys really have a passion for serving your who you guys are serving. You're passionate. You're both on the same page, focus on the same goals. And when you have those hard days, you remember why you're doing it. And that helps you guys go on to the next day. And then. Also, you guys just want to be together. You're actually in love. <laughs> it's so cute. You guys are you're in love and you want to be around each other. And uh, you want to you want to do this because you're not just doing it for your family, but you're doing it for the other family that you serve every day. And uh, you know, it's exciting to see. And I'm glad you guys are, you know, 15 years in, I think 18 years almost in marriage and uh, together. And that's phenomenal. You guys are doing a great job. And thanks for just you know, giving us some information tonight. So how, if somebody's listening, they want to contact you guys or they want to reach out, how would they do that? So one of the easiest ways is uh, we have three different websites. I mean, one is myname.com, carlosdiazjr.com. Um, they could typically type in my name into Google and pull up everything. Make sure it's D-S with an S, D-I-A-S. <laughs> Um, the other way, the find other us way. on social media. We're yeah. on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Lauren Diaz, Carlos Diaz, but, or our company Diaz Wealth or MVP Wealth. Um, we're all over there. And uh, most most of the most of the social media, we try to keep it the same. So mine would be Carlos A Diaz Jr., and then hers would be Lauren L Diaz. All right. So you guys are 
you know, planning for a purpose and you're partnered in purpose. Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> Look Careful. at that. Well, Lisa, you have anything else? No, I think that's it. I All appreciate right. you yeah. guys. Well, well, thank you so much. We appreciate Thank you very you. much for having us on. Thank you. This is a wonderful platform you have too. Oh, well, thanks so much. We're really thank excited you. to have you guys on and we can't wait to meet with you in the future and hear about you guys are doing it. And I look, three kids between what is four to thirteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your hand. You you're busy. <laughs> you're busy. Yeah. Uh, so th thanks for your time tonight, and we'll we'll catch up soon. Well, thank you. Be safe. Take care. Stay, Stay healthy. Safe. Yes. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Wow, that was good. That yeah. was real good. Mm -hmm. Um, so there was matter of fact, I just okay. Let me just take inventory of all I just got. One of the biggest things I got, and I think we did a good job trying to recap in the middle of it. Right. But I just want to go back over one more time. They said we have to have a tra transition plan, mm -hmm. both short term and long term. Right. Succession planning is essential for businesses. Well, I mean, I think it's even more essential mm -hmm. for married couples. Right. You know, because like, are we are we passing this on to our children? Mm -hmm. How are we doing that? What does that look like? I mean, we didn't even go into wills, estates, yeah. trusts. We didn't even touch that. Mm -hmm. But that just brought all that to my mind. Yeah. I mean, when we set up all our paperwork years back, I was like in a, a state of panic just even thinking about the the the, the reality of, yeah. of of those decisions, of those choices, mm -hmm. right? But how? What's the point of making money if you don't take care of it? Exactly, have to be a good steward. Yeah. So, so we got that. But I also like how they were honest about when they first started out. Mm -hmm. People saying that they had socks older than them. Yeah. I mean, because I mean that's something I can relate to. We experienced that definitely. Yeah. yeah. For you guys that don't know, we started at 24 years old, uh -huh. 24, 25 years old, starting our business. And what happened was Alicia looked like she was 12. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna be real. Like we 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 we've aged well. I think I don't know if people realize that we're 35 now, mm -hmm. but at the time, you know, at 24, 25 years old, we didn't, you know, I didn't have a beard. Right. Alicia, you know, we, we looked a lot younger than we were, but we were educated. We were ready. We were full of energy, but not everybody wanted the young, like uh, energetic kids, you know. Right. Well, we didn't present ourselves as kids. I mean, black don't crack. I mean, I, <laughs> it is what it is. I but, like that. But no. Um, and I think what was most difficult, too, when we started out, we didn't have children. Um, not necessarily by choice. You guys know our story now, right? Um, but we didn't have children and we were working with families that had children. And of course, you're you're very sensitive. You're very um, protective of your children. So you have someone that looks young um, mm -hmm. and um, coming to provide services to your children. You're like, well, how do you know what to do? You don't have kids. I mean, we got that a lot. You know, mm -hmm. do you have children? Um, so, um, how old are you? <laughs> so we had to deal with that and overcome that. Um, but once people realize and they understood, Hey, you know, I'm a well-educated experienced individual, um, and just kind of presenting myself and showing them, um, that I was capable to, um, to service their children, and their families. Um, we didn't deal with that for too long, but it hurt. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it hurt. It didn't just hurt because we wanted to have kids mm -hmm. and we didn't have kids. It hurt me because, you know, okay, just to be honest, like mm -hmm. some of the adversity and the the trials that I faced is not feeling good enough, mm -hmm. or they call it now like imposter syndrome. Right. I struggled with that a lot when we first started our business mm -hmm. because you got to think about this. I'm a young black male. Right. Let's just be a hundred about it. I'm a young black male, and 
everybody who's either working for me, mm-hmm. working with me, um, doesn't normally report up right. to a young black male. Mm-hmm. And so I want to be smart. I want to be intelligent. I want to be prompt. I want to be professional. I want to be on my game all the time right. so I don't fall into any stereotypes. Yeah. And the moment someone questions my credibility, mm-hmm. the moment someone questions if I'm good enough, I start asking myself if I'm good enough. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that adversity was really tough for me, for me to believe that I could do it. Yeah. And I know, and I know, I know one of the things that helped me get past that, um, one of the things that I, I implored back then was stop trying to, to draw on, on my own talent, mm-hmm. draw on my own resources and trust in God. Right. Because if he was the one qualifying me, mm-hmm. I was good enough. Yeah. But if I was the one that had to be on point in every meeting mm-hmm. to know every law, to know every procedure, to know all the right choices at the right times, I was going to fall short. Right. Um, you know, I don't want to start preaching all today, <laughs> but but I do I do want to let folks know that, you know, th- that 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 thing that makes people feel like they can say to somebody, you're you're not, you're not, what did they say to Carlos? You, I have socks older than you. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was still under 30, I was running, I was a director at a hospital. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I told you this, Alicia, where uh one of the one of the, the physicians was late for a procedure. Yeah. And I was checking him for it. Mm-hmm. And this is when you know, right? When we, we still have our business, but mm-hmm. I'm doing this as well. And I'm checking him for about him being late to a procedure. He's late for a surgery. Mm-hmm. My job is to make sure he's on time and make sure the, the hospital and the, this particular department is running the right way. And this guy tells me I've been cutting people mm-hmm. longer than you've been alive. Yeah. Now, he wasn't lying. It's the truth. <laughs> he's telling the truth. <laughs> but what does that have to do with you doing what you're supposed to do? Right. So, but no, but one of the things is when people begin to attack your character mm-hmm. or not even your character, when they begin to attack your credibility, yeah, it begins to put you in an awkward position. Mm-hmm. But one thing I've learned to do is not go based on, am I, can I, mm-hmm. those kind of things, but think about who I serve right, and what he qualifies me for. Mm-hmm. And if he's the one qualifying me, I don't have to question anything. Yeah. Yeah, to not second guess yourself and to, you know, and definitely, um, I think in those moments still show up, right? Because I, it's easy to kind of cower in a corner or maybe I'm not good enough or um, to get defensive and maybe to react in a negative way, but you still have to show up. You still have to be professional. You still have to exude that credibility. Um, So those were definitely challenging times. Um, But I think um, it definitely helped us to develop. Um, So I'm, I'm grateful for the experience. It wasn't fun (laughs) <laughs> during the time, but um, it helped us to understand and have, and it helped us to be able to have difficult conversations and to, because we dealt with some difficult people, not just <laughs> talking about our age or, you know, different things like that, but just, you know, when you're dealing with in a service-based industry, you're not going to please everybody. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're going to have to deal with, um, with, hard conversation. So it's still having great customer service skills, despite how your customer may be (laughs) speaking to you. (laughs) Yeah. But one of the things I want to give everybody a tool or a resource right now Mm -hmm. that you can employ, if you're battling with being young in your field Mm -hmm. or having limited experience in what you're doing, one of the things you can do today is start looking for strategic partnerships that will allow you to gain credibility. Mm -hmm. Now watch this. That means in whatever product 
uh, you, you sell or whatever service you provide, if you're struggling to gain credibility, find who already has that credibility yeah. and attach yourself to them. Mm -hmm. So, for example, with us, we were in healthcare or still is in healthcare. Um, and what happened was we needed referrals. We needed people to come into the door and come and respect us. Mm -hmm. Trust Alicia, uh, Alicia as a clinician. Trust me uh, as a business owner as well. And the only way we could get that if the hospitals took us seriously and they referred us mm -hmm. or, or the major insurance companies, so the pediatrician's offices mm -hmm. and et cetera. So what we went out and did is we focused our time and attention with them, mm -hmm. uh, with, with nonprofit organizations that people, our constituents, you know, the, the, the our population uh, of, of customer base already deemed credible. Right. And once they found us to be credible, the customers stopped worrying about it. Mm -hmm. Because when a when a potential customer gets referred to you by so and so, they're not worried about you know if they're good, if they're not good. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, Jim said they're all right, right. or this hospital said they're mm -hmm. okay. So, and how we actually did that is we found out whatever the appropriate procedure uh, for referral process was, we followed the process. Right. It's always boils down to paperwork. You do the paperwork to you get your name on the list. Mm -hmm. uh, with nonprofit organizations, we began to uh, uh, volunteer get on committees, show up at events, and just be who we are. Mm -hmm. And over time, when people see who you are and they know that you're sincere, they know that you're real, they know that you care, they and they don't they don't think about some of that aesthetic superficial stuff mm -hmm. that sometimes we can get um, bogged down with. So one of the things I want to recommend to everybody to do to try to get past some adversity you're facing with trying to get credibility in your industry, maybe get credibility in your you know your field. Go and establish strategic partnerships where you can with mm -hmm. folks who already have that credibility with your 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 customers, already have that credibility with your target market. Mm -hmm. It'll help you get further along quicker than you would by you just aging. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> um, you know, we also did a lot of lunch and learn. So we would um, set times where we would bring lunch and breakfast or whatever, you mm -hmm. know, that we um, found out through the receptionist, the, <laughs> the other professionals enjoyed, and we would break bread with them. We mm -hmm. would, you know, hey, this is the service that we're providing. Um, this is our company. This is what we do. And um, of course, anytime you give people food for free, um, it, it makes the conversation more inter in interesting. Mm -hmm. So um, that was a great um strategy for us. But I think um, what is also important uh, is to ensure that you invest in yourself, right? So ensure that you're you're gaining the necessary knowledge that you need um, so that you have that skill set uh, to perform whatever skill or service um, that you're actually giving to your customers. And as I said before, absolutely hands down awesome customer service. You have to love your customer better than anybody else. Yeah. So when you're getting those referrals, and it's happening through word of mouth, um, you know, people are going to find you more credible, right? Because, hey, my friend told me about this provider or, you know, whoever, um, and they're going to take their friend's word for it. So, I mean, that was one thing that we always were, you know, it was essential for us to um, always over deliver, you know, constantly with anybody that we were servicing. Now, another thing that I know we face a lot of adversity with uh, in our business was when things didn't go right and we were faced with either some type of legal yeah. 
or regulatory mm -hmm. um, uh, compliance yeah. um, and, and feeling overwhelmed with the moment. I mean, just so you guys understand, we're in the field of healthcare, mm -hmm. and you're dealing with, especially with pediatrics, dealing with folks' children, this is not something that people take lightly. Right. Um, you know, don't get me wrong. When you're in real estate or in different fields, people are serious about their houses. People can be serious about their cars. Mm -hmm. You know, you're a body shop or sell cars or what, all that kind of things. But people don't play about their children. Right. So just to piggyback on what Ryan was saying, um, you know, depending on the industry that you're in, there's times where it doesn't matter how old you are or your level of experience, new regulations and laws and, and different things are going to come up and you're going to have to adjust and to deal with that. So, for example, um, we work with um, children that ha are diagnosed with autism. And when we first started our business, that insurance had just started being covered for um, the services that we provide, which is applied behavior analysis. Prior to then, insurance was not covered. So this was new territory for everybody. So mm. it wasn't just us, you know, it was an industry thing. So um, we had to adjust to, you know, when new laws came about, when new insurance companies started to um cover our services, when they decided not to cover our yeah. services, when they changed the requirements um, for the, the type of service that we were providing. So there are going to be times where your age doesn't matter. You know, it's just the times. Just like now, we're in the midst of a pandemic. A lot of people's businesses have yeah. changed. Mm -hmm. Regulations have changed. Restaurants have had to adjust, you know, how they do business. So, it, you know, now they have to account for the six feet distance, making sure that um, the people that are visiting um, their restaurant, you know, are wearing masks, all those types of things. So learning how to pivot and adjust during times of adversity is essential. And so it goes back to Alicia talking about having a good perspective mm -hmm. and understanding that you may not be able to answer all those questions right now or know a plan of action to solve all those problems. But you should have a good accountant, a good lawyer, a good team of advisors that you can go to to work through those things. Don't one of the biggest things I've learned in business is that I don't have to know it all and that I don't know it all. Right. And that you need to have some folks that you can go to that can give you godly counsel, that can give you wise counsel, mm -hmm. that can help you put your business on another level. Now, understand this. We get this when it comes to our marriage. Most of us, we have pastors in our lives. We have parents in our lives. We have elders in our families that we'll go to and say, mom, I don't understand this is going on in my marriage or dad, this is what's going on in our marriage and we're just trying to get better. Now, remember, you know, you, you already get that that's kind of socially accepted. But for some reason, as small business owners, we don't want to pick up the phone and tell somebody I'm struggling with this mm -hmm. or I'm, I'm worried about that. And if we would just do that, somebody could tell us, oh, all you need to do is do this. Right. I, all you need to do is do, go do that and you'll be in a much better position. There have been countless examples mm -hmm. of when I was brave enough, especially early in our business, to where to pick up the phone and call the Small Business Development Center mm -hmm. or to pick up the phone and call somebody else that I knew had a business mm -hmm. and have, have dealt with employee relations and different mm -hmm. things that would come up 
that we were in a better position because I asked for help. Right. And I can tell you all the times when I didn't Mm -hmm. and felt ourselves in some some mucky, miry stuff because I was afraid to, to tell somebody that I didn't know it all. Right. And I think when every time you get that pride and that ego dealing with adversity to, mm-hmm. to not be willing to say that, that you need help, mm-hmm. that's when you really find yourself in trouble. Yeah. So as we've been talking about, you know, throughout this whole episode is you don't give up. Right. So adversity is going to come. Trials and tribulations, things are going to come up. Yeah. But we can't give up. We have to keep pushing forward, you know, um, when we know the the right actions to take, we take those actions. You know, we even a small step is better than nothing. Mm-hmm. You know, because a lot of times when we're faced with adversity, we want to stop. Right? Sometimes we get paralyzed. We're like, I don't know how to move forward, and we want to give up, but we can't. We have to keep pushing. We have to keep going. Um, and as Ryan said, when you don't know what to do, call on a, a, a have a good set of advisors. To, to help you, guide you along the way so that in that waiting time, you're able to, to still show up and take care of your business the way you should. And the Holy Spirit just gave me something. Some people feel mm-hmm. like, well, how do I find those advisors? Mm-hmm. So listen, each one of you have a bank you work with. Listen, that bank wants to see you succeed. Mm-hmm. And they know within, from a financial standpoint, who you can and who you should be working with. So if you would just contact them and say, "Hey, this is our checking account. You know, we're struggling with this right now. Can you guys help us?" They're going to go out of their way to help you solve that problem. Now, keep in mind they may try to give you another product, <laughs> another loan product to mm-hmm. solve it, but just just know that they would do that. In every major city, wherever a university is, there's something called the Small Business Development Center. The Small Business Development Center is there for small business throughout the United States. And they're there just to help us just grow and and flourish and help feed the American economy. Mm -hmm. So think about that for a second. They're there having a free service to help all small businesses grow and develop why wouldn't we call on them? Why wouldn't we tap into those resources? I, I, I went to a luncheon that they invited me to one time, and I learned that they had a training and development program to where if you needed your employees to get some training, to get some certifications, maybe even some licenses, that they would pay for it on behalf of the business if it was going to help grow if it was going to help enhance a local business. And I was tripping on that for a mm-hmm. second. And I was like, are you serious? This is a real program? All I had to do was go accept an invite to go to a lunch. I learned about it. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, we're bringing in professionals from all across the country mm-hmm. to pour into our staff. And it's almost up to $15,000 mm-hmm. of training and development that our employees are now getting that they wouldn't have got if we never sought godly counsel if we had never asked for help so listen you can go to your bank to get advisors you can go to your um your small business development center that's nearby you you already know people who are thriving in their business they might not be married couples but you know them don't be proud enough to where you won't ask for help where you know you can get it so Ryan, you mentioned going to your your local bank to to get help and to get resources, which I think is really important. Um, something I want to emphasize too is to make sure that you have a good relationship with your banker. Mm. You know, some if you're just going and you doing deposits and you doing withdrawals and that's it, um, that's okay. But um, 
we built relationships with our bankers, you know, um, because that's going to help you to um, in, in so many different circumstances. So if you actually are building relationships with bankers, then you're going to be able to go to them and say, hey, do you know someone that can help me with X, Y and Z because you built that relationship? So just another another tip for you to make sure that you're really investing in your business relationships. So from an adversity standpoint, Alicia, we've talked about a lot. Mm-hmm. We've, we, 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 we had Carlos and Lauren come on the show today and tell us that they really have to care about what they're doing. All right. And more importantly, who they're serving. Mm-hmm. Lauren was very impassioned about, listen, we care about people's finances and that people having a way to get towards legacy for them and their families. Absolutely. So I remember she gave an example of them in the car, the baby crying mm-hmm. and Carlos just kind of being overwhelmed with the moment mm-hmm. and just like, OK, I don't know if I can keep doing this. Mm-hmm. But then them drawing back on why they were originally doing it. Yeah. And then that kind of propelling them past that point. Mm-hmm. So that leads me to believe if you're not passionate enough mm-hmm. to get past your excuses, if you don't know how to focus on the reasons why you want to do something, mm-hmm. the excuses will all be, be greater than those. Right. So I take away from that. My reasons have to be greater than my excuses. Yeah. My who, the who I'm serving, why I'm doing this has to be greater and important enough that I will do it even when I don't want to, even when I don't feel like it. And I think that's great advice. And I think that's something we can all draw on. Yeah, I really believe um, remembering your why, the purpose behind anything that you're doing is going to help you to stay motivated to continue when you're struggling. Um, with anything that's, you know, um, within your family relationships, when you're within your business relationships, remembering the why behind the what, the why behind, you know, why did I start this business? Um, What's our biggest motivator for us? It was family. So anytime, you know, I'm struggling with something or I'm having a hard time um, moving past whatever it is, whatever adversity is, whatever adversity I'm facing at the moment, remembering, hey, I am doing this because I want to, we want to have financial freedom. I'm doing this because I want to ensure that I still have the quality of life where Mm. I can spend time with our children Mm. or even before that, where I could still try to have children. Remembering why, you know, why am I, why am I in this fight is going to help you to continue to fight when you want to give up. Baby, I'm going to tell you something. I said in the trailer that you was my biggest mother. Girl, you be speaking to my life. Oh, I do. (laughs) (laughs) Man, I'm so proud of Alicia, y'all. This is this is our third episode of the podcast, and I'm just encouraged that my, my wife is not just on this journey with me, but that she is dropping not just like jewels and gems and stuff, but she is just like encouraging so many different people. I've been getting this for I don't know how many years since we were 16 years old. <laughs> I remember her writing me notes and just like I used to be facing adversity and different things in life. And I would have a note in a little journal from Alicia telling me how great I was and how great uh, the things that were awaiting me and just so much encouragement. And I'm just glad that everybody else is starting to get to see all the same things that I get to see on a daily basis. So I'm smiling at you, girl. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just I'm just full of it today, man. Not full of it in a bad way, but full of just what God is doing. I'm I'm uplifted. I'm encouraged. And I pray everybody else is too. Thank you, baby. Thank you for the encouragement. I appreciate that. 
Thank you for listening, family. Remember, we will have episodes coming to you every Tuesday. Be sure to tune in next Tuesday. We have a pretty cool episode for you. We're going to be discussing blended families. That's a topic that um, people ask us about quite often. So we brought in a couple that is doing that beautifully. Um, So we thought they would be the best people to discuss that um, for next week. Yeah, and we, we're going to kind of take something from Tamla Mann and David Mann. They got a great book out now. What's the title of the book, Alicia? Us Against the World. Us Against the World. They got something called Blended and Blessed. Yeah, that's a whole chapter. Yeah, mm-hmm. so we're going to take a chapter of that book, name it the episode next week, Blended and Blessed Family. So join us next Tuesday, and we love you guys. Have a great week. Be blessed. Thank you for listening to Partnered in Purpose. Please like, subscribe, and comment. We value your feedback. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Partnered in Purpose.